welcome to Glory to Glory, the radio teaching ministry of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Join us now in our study as we open the Word together. We were driving by our old neighborhood, and, and we literally haven't been there. I don't think we've walked through there in like nine years since we moved. I, so we're, she was like, why don't we walk through there and look at our old neighborhood? And I was like, I'm like do you miss your neighborhood? She goes, no, I don't miss it. Not, not at all. We love where we live right now. And, but uh, it's a, let's try it. So it's a gated community. So we had to wait. We didn't, have, we didn't have an opener for the gate anymore or nothing. So we're waiting for someone to, move, to drive in so we can get behind them. We drove in. <laughs> and we walked around and we're looking around. Then we looked at our, our house. And it was just like, it was almost like we were back in time. And I was like, wow, we used to... You know, we spent many years here. And so we went to our, our house, and we were looking at our old, you know, house there. And, and the door, the front door was open, but the screen was, you know, closed. So I said, let's go knock on the door. So we knocked on the door, you know. I was like, hi. Then we asked, how long have you lived here? And she's like, oh, well, I, I'm not sure. And uh, she says, well, I bought the house from the Pedics. <laughs> I go, where are the Pedics? <laughs> she goes, no way, because we didn't even meet each other. We did all the transactions over the, you know, Signed paperwork, you know, didn't even have to see each other. So I didn't know what she looked like. So we're meeting her for the first time. We're like, oh, you know, we said, you know, and then we're, talk- we're talking about 10, 15 minutes out front. And I'm just, she didn't offer us to come in. I'm like, I'm waiting for her to say, do you want to come in? You know, we're- so I said, do you mind if we kind of come in and look at the house? She goes, yeah, sure. Let me tell you, nothing was changed. Nothing. And I'm walking around like in, I mean, just like back in time. I'm like, wow, you know, wow, I hung those drapes and I put that up. And I was like, wow. And then we took a mirror off and there's a pencil mark. Oh, the pencil mark's still there. Look, that's where my pencil mark, right there. <laughs> and it was just so wonderful. Well, while we're talking to her, she says, she goes, she goes, you know, our next, our neighbors, they talk about you to this day all the time. And I go, no way, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> And she goes, really? And I go, come on, really? She goes, no, they talk about you guys all the time. I said, well, we love the next door neighbors. We love them, you know? And so we went over there, we knocked on their door and their home, and we're hugging and kissing, and people are crying and all this stuff. It was just like a nice little reunion. And she tells us their next door neighbor, Nikki, she says, you know, we talk about you guys all the time. I go, no way, that is so awesome. She says, we told them when they moved in, you're not going to be able to keep up with the pedics. Don't even try. We were there for, it was like two and a half hours, and we pulled out the other, they, they went around and brought out the other neighbors. Remember, you know, remember Jack and Ginger? Yeah, we were hugging them in there, and then, then they said, well, let's talk to them, so they're knocking on doors, we're pulling all the people. We just were just hanging out, having a fun time. That night, I couldn't sleep. I was thinking about them so much. Kept waking up, praying for them, and praying for them, praying that they'd come to, to know the Lord, praying that the the, the awesome connection we had because of God's love in us for them. And it increased. It didn't go away. It didn't diminish. The, the love that God has given us for those neighbors is just increasing in our hearts. And it was just a beautiful thing. So I'm up all night. I'm praying and I couldn't sleep. I get up again. They're in my heart. I'm just praying and praying. Next morning, they text us. They said, you know, we can't stop thinking about you guys. And they said, we, we want to go to church this Sunday. I don't, I don't think you're here. Are you here? Just raise your hand if you're here, because I don't think they'll probably hear next service. So, so pray that they'll be here next service. But it's so awesome when you have evidence of love. We, we didn't know that we were such an impact on them. And it's been nine years. Let's look back at our next verse. Do you know our love will be tested? Your love's going to be tested. Do you know why I believe our love is tested? 
By this, you know, they'll know that we're Christians. I love we have one for another, but we're to love our neighbor, even as ourselves. That was in our scripture reading. So that love is going to be tested. I believe the reason why our love is going to be tested is because it's not of us. It's supernatural love. It's God's love. God is love, and his spirit lives in us. The fruit of the spirit is love and joy, peace, kindness, gentleness, self-control. It's going to be tested because it's not going to be of you. When you're up against a situation, you're, you're, you, know, you might get prideful, you might get angry, you might get upset, and, and that's, that's your flesh. But, but God's saying inside, I, I, I love that person. And you have to deny your flesh. You have to repent of pride. You have to repent of your, your anger or whatever it is, or jealousy or envy that's going on, and say, Lord, I need supernatural love for this person because everything in me doesn't even like this person right now. Seriously. Talking about neighbors, we have another neighbor where we're living, and it's not such the same situation. When we first moved in, I was driving, you know, we were dropping stuff off, we were moving in our house, and first thing, you know, the guy comes out to meet me, comes up to me and said, you know, you're, you guys are speeding in the, you know, up and down the street. I was like, speeding? I haven't been speeding since I've been 16 years. I don't usually speed. And I said, I'm sorry if you thought I was speeding. I, you know, maybe I was going fast. I'm sorry, you know, and uh, by the way, I'm your new neighbor. Hi, nice to meet you. And then when we had work done, when we weren't there, we had workers there. He walks right in our house, walks in our house. Listen to this. And he's asking these guys, you know, do you have permits for doing all this? And you're, all this stuff is like, they're calling me up, you know. Oh, there's a guy here. He's on the board, you know. And he says it, you know, why we need this, we need that. I says, tell him to get out of my house. <laughs> Who let him in? And I said, did you let him in? No, he just walked right in the house. He saw us working. I says, well, close the garage. He's not allowed in my house. Well, just the other day, just, you know, two days ago, we're driving down the street. We're driving, we're getting home. We had such a wonderful day. It's a long day. It's late. It's dark. You know, we're pulling around our street. And then at the end of the street, here he is standing in the middle of the street with his dog, and he has a flashlight. He's shining in our eyes, going back and forth like this. You think it's funny? (laughs) My wife has very sensitive, I'm not just saying this, very sensitive eyes. We take her to the doctor, eye doctor, because her eyes are so sensitive. And she says, what in the world? Who's shining this light in my eyes? So we pulled up to where at the end of the street, he's way at the other end, you know. So we, we pull up, we say, excuse me, we don't appreciate you shining your light in our eyes. And he goes, you guys were speeding. I says, we're a half a mile away. How do you know we're speeding? He says, listen to this. This is his response, truly. He goes, I can hear the difference between 15 miles an hour and 20 miles an hour. You were going 20 miles an hour. Do you think I said I love you, my friend? <laughs> I said, excuse me. Again, we don't appreciate you shining your light in our eyes. I was not speeding. And, uh, and then he says, well, I was just protecting myself. We're at the other end of the street. And his face, and I, excuse me, Lord, I don't know. But he's like, while he's talking, he's going, his face was moving around. I don't know. It was either from anger. I'm hoping it was the Holy Spirit just kind of working in his heart. Like, don't do that. That's my, I mean, Mr. Spirit, so I'm here. I'm just hoping it's like the Holy Spirit just convicting him. Like, he's always like, like, just like he's like, I don't know why I can't stop moving my face. You know, so it's, or he was drinking. I don't know what it was. But you know, we're called to love our enemies. Jesus said in Luke 6, 32, and I know I'm making light of it, I'm joking, but this is reality. This is what Jesus says. But if you love those that love you, what credit is that to you? 
For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those that do good to you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners do the same. And if you lend to those from whom you hope to receive back, what credit is that to you? For even sinners lend to sinners to receive as much back. Here it is, right here, verse 35. But love your enemies. Do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. For he, talking about the Lord, is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore, be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. We're called to love our enemies. And as I mentioned, it's supernatural. And I can stand up here and justify the fact that, yeah, when I was talking with him, I, I wasn't yelling at him, I wasn't screaming, I wasn't upset, I didn't you know, use any kind of bad words, I didn't yell or I wasn't angry. But I can certainly also say I wasn't loving him at all. And I know because the Bible says that we're to love our enemies, and I've tapped into that love before with people that I don't really care for sometimes, and I know there's a supernatural love that takes place that can come out of our lives. And every time I deny myself, deny my pride, deny what I want to say and how I want to react, and I ask the Lord to give me his love, every time I've ever done that in my personal life, it's worked in a miraculous way. Because, listen, you know why the world does not see love, true love? Only we can show it because God is love. In those times of difficulty, like I just mentioned, it's a good opportunity for us to demonstrate God's love. And it's not fun. And you know what? It totally goes against our flesh, our sinful nature. We want to get even. We want to, you know, someone hurts us, we want to hurt them, right? Let's go back in our text. Verse 20. For if our heart condemns us, God is greater than our heart, and he knows and knows all things. This is a powerful verse. If our heart condemns us as believers, God is greater than our heart. You know, as believers, as I was mentioning earlier, much, many times we don't see evidence of love in our own lives. And so often we can see our faults and our failures. And what happens at that point, we can be under condemnation. And when the condemnation comes, it can pretty much paralyze you. But when that takes place, can I remind you of this verse, 1 John 3.20, it says, God is greater than our heart. We can go to God and God will cleanse our heart. God will forgive us of our sin when we mess up. It'll take away the condemnation because God is greater than our heart. If, if your heart today is condemning you about something that you did and you're a believer here today, have you gone to the cross? Have you confessed it before the Lord? Have you turned from it? And if you have, trust that God is greater than your heart. God will cleanse your heart and he'll take away the condemnation that comes with sin. See, sin brings guilt and condemnation. But not only does God take away our sin, but he takes away the guilt and the condemnation that comes with it. He, he cleanses us from all unrighteousness. God does not condemn us. God convicts us. Let me say it again. God does not condemn us, right? God convicts us. He, he convicts us of sin that we would repent and be restored. But what happens when the condemnation comes, you, you're under condemnation, you don't even want to go to the cross. You don't even want to seek God because you feel so guilty for what you've done. And I will say to you today, please, go to the cross. Go to the Lord. Give him your sin. Give him your guilt. Give him your shame. Let him cleanse you. Let him wash you. Let, let him take that heart of yours and to change it. He wants to change it. Even with my neighbor, the one that was shining the flashlight in my eyes, I woke up the next morning and I was convicted and I said, Lord, forgive me. I, I know I could have done much better. And condemnation tried to come in. 
And I had to go to the Lord and said, Lord, forgive me. Cleanse my heart. Take away condemnation. That, help me to do better next time. And I'm sure you've all been there before. You, maybe you, you, in your mind you're saying, well, I wish I didn't say that to that person. I didn't, wish I didn't do that. And, and those things can come up. But my I again suggest when you go to the cross and you repent of it, it's forgiven. I just I read in my note here, it says, I put confess it to the Lord and turn from it and learn from it. Turn from it and learn from it. Because there's nothing you can do to change your past. What the enemy wants us to do is, you know, look back and just be totally paralyzed and not go forward. And I would say to you again, turn from it and learn from it. Just next time, say, you know what, I messed up last time, but this time, Lord, just give me the power of your spirit to do better. When condemnation comes, God is greater than our heart. We all know Romans 8, 1 says, There is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So there is no condemnation. God is not condemning you. And then in Romans 8, 34, it says, Who is he that condemns? It's Christ who died. It's not God that condemns you. And furthermore, he's risen. He's at the right hand of, of the Father of God, and he's, he's praying for you. That's Romans 8, 34. But this I want to point out. This really blessed me today as I was reading this. Ezekiel 36, 25 Ezekiel 36, 25. This is speaking about the nation of Israel and how he's going to bring them back in the land and he's going to clean them up. But this also, I believe, applies as believers to us because this is what God does for us. Listen, he says, Then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you shall be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. I will give you, note this, a new heart and put a new spirit within you. Has God given you a new heart? Has he put a new spirit in you? I will take the heart of stone out of your flesh, listen, and I will give you a heart of flesh. I will put my spirit within you and cause you to walk in my statutes, and, I will, and you will keep my judgments and do them. I'm going to change your heart. I'm going to give you a new heart. Do you know the, how the world says, you know, listen to your heart? I think there's even, isn't there a song like that, listen to your heart? Follow your heart. That's just what the world tells you. Oh, just follow your feelings. Follow your heart, right? Well, do you know the Bible says the heart is desperately wicked above all things? Who can know it? Right? Our heart's desperately wicked above all things. Did you know? It says above all things. I can think of some pretty wicked things, and the, and the Bible tells us, no, 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 your heart's even more wicked than that. So don't just follow your heart, as the world tells you. But listen to this, though. When God gives you a new heart, he puts his desires in your heart, and then you can follow your heart because it's God speaking to your heart. Amen? But if you don't know the Lord, if you're here today and you're not a born-again Christian, I just want to tell you, don't follow your heart. Follow Jesus. Go to the cross. Give your life to Christ. Let him give you a new heart. Let him pour into you a new spirit. Let him give you new life. And then guess what? Now you can start following your heart because God's going to put his desires in your heart. David, when he messed up, when he fell with Bathsheba, Psalm 51.10, he said, Create in me a clean heart, O God. Renew a steadfast spirit within me. If your heart condemns you, go to God because he's greater than your heart. That's one of the most powerful verses in the Bible that can free you in such wonderful ways if you really take it to heart, could I say? <laughs> Let's look back in our text. Verse 21 says, Beloved, if your heart does not condemn, excuse me, if our heart does not condemn us, we have confidence towards God. 
And listen to this. Do you see it's in red? I put it in red up on the screen. And whatever we ask, we receive from him. Why? Because we keep his commandments and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. Once you deal with condemnation, you're going to be in tune with God's heart. And you're going to know how to pray effectively. And whatever you ask, it's going to come to pass because it's going to be those things that God has placed in your heart. He's going to give you good desires. He's going to teach you in his ways. That's a powerful verse, isn't it? And whatever, I would think that it would say, and some of the things you ask for, you'll receive, right? Some of them. I would like if it says 80% of the things you ask for, you'll receive. Matter of fact, I'll take 50. 50% of the things you ask for. But it doesn't even say that. It says, and whatever we ask for, we receive from him. Whatever we ask for, again, why? Because condemnation's gone. You're not under, the, uh, under guilt. You're not under the ways of the world. You're pleasing God. You're doing things his way. You're wanting to walk in the spirit. Now you're so in tune with his Holy Spirit that you know how to pray effectively and you know what his heart is for every situation. And if it's a situation that's, that's uh, you're being greedy about something or you want, you, know, you want something that for your gain, he's going to say, well, I don't want you to have that. And you're like, okay, Lord, all right. What do you want? About a year and seven months ago, someone put a deposit on buying this center. I haven't shared this story. I've been waiting for now to share this. They put a deposit on buying out Peter's Land in this center right here. And they had high hopes they were going to do condos and all kinds of crazy stuff. They went to the city. The city shut it down. But then, so they had other hopes. And so they wanted to, we have two five-year extensions. So we've got 10 more years here. So don't, if you're, you know, don't worry about that. So we have two, uh, we have two five-year extensions. But when we were negotiating our next five-year, which was way back in October, was it? Yeah, it was October. We were negotiating that. Well, the new owners that came in, they felt that this place is worth way over double of what we're paying right now, which was ridiculous. So they told us that's what it is, and that's what, you know, they tried to do all kinds of crazy things. They tried to do that. So we prayed, and God gave us such peace, flooded my heart, flooded my wife's heart, the whole thing, the last year and so, year and seven months, he's been flooding us with peace. So we're praying, Lord, this new guy, either take him out or or let him get saved. (laughs) I didn't mean, like, take them out, like, die. I didn't mean that. <laughs> I'm not talking mafia-style take them out. That's not what I... <laughs> but, I mean, remove them, okay? <laughs> or let them get saved. So he would come in here, and we would spend, like, time and time. We'd spend, like, an hour with them, 30 minutes here, 20 minutes. We're sharing the Lord with them, sharing God's love with them, all this crazy stuff. And we were making some breakthroughs and stuff. But he didn't get saved. So God removed him. And part of our prayer was, Lord, either we can buy this place or bring a Christian brother to, to buy the center. Well, a Christian brother bought the center. Is buying the center. So, he's a neat man, and I want you to keep him in your prayers. They're supposed to close in September. But he's going around. He's introducing himself to everybody in here. Real decent man. We spent much time. I've been spending the last you know, few days or so talking with him, meeting with him. Real neat man. We're going to, and uh, so, and so their appraisal came in, and our fair appraisal came in. We had to put our appraisals in, and it was two cents per square foot different. Two cents. So we met in the middle, and it's, so it's one cent different than what ours came in. <laughs> but we were in tune. I don't, 
want to say this in a boastful way. I'm boasting in God, but the whole time we were in tune with God's spirit of peace and God saying, don't worry, I'm going to take care of it. We we're like, it doesn't make sense, Lord. They're going to do this going up and this. And he's like, don't worry, I'm going to take care of it. And we're like, well, what God, are you listening? It's like, this is a year and seven months, Lord. It's a long time. And he's telling me, well, I'm teaching you patience. And I'm teaching you trust. Trust me, I'll get you through this. We have confidence in God when we pray. We have confidence of the fact, not that and it's not always going to go just right for us, but we have confidence in the fact that everything that he does is for a purpose and a plan, and he's going to work it out the way he wants to work it out. And if he didn't want us to stay, he would have stirred us up and said, well, I'm going to provide something else. I'm going to open another door. But he never did that. Beloved, if your heart does not condemn you, if it doesn't condemn us, we have confidence towards God, and whatever we ask, we receive from him. He answers our prayers. He hears our prayers. He cares about everything that takes place in our lives, everything. A wonderful verse that goes with this, 1 John 5, 14. Now this is the confidence that we have in him, in the Lord, that if we ask anything according to his will, do you notice that? According to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked for. So if we're in tune with his will, whatever we ask according to his will, he hears those petitions and he'll provide those things that he's put in your heart. Delight yourself also in the Lord and he, the Lord, will give you the desires of your heart. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's look at the last two verses. Okay. And this is the commandment that we should believe on the name of his son, Jesus Christ. Last two verses. And love one another as he gave us commandment. Now he who keeps his commandments abides in him and the Lord, and the Lord in him. And by this we know that he, the Lord, abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. God gives us his Holy Spirit. We know that we're abiding in him because he gives us the ability to do things his way. It doesn't mean we don't sin, we don't mess up. This does not at all talk about sinless perfection, that we're all going to be sinless. It doesn't say that. We're able to keep his commandments. Before we had his Holy Spirit, we were not able to do that. But as we wrap this up, basically verse 23, this is his commandment. You want to know what God requires of us? Two things. Believe in his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. Believe in his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another. Today, do you believe in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior? Have you accepted the free gift of salvation? Do you know you're a sinner? Do you know that Christ Jesus came to die to take away your sin? Do you have the assurance in your heart that when you die, that you'll go to be in heaven for all eternity? I have that assurance in my heart because I believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. Acts chapter 4 says there's no other name given among men that we might be saved, that we will be saved. There's only one name, everybody. We know that, right? The name is Jesus. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Believe on his son. October 29th, 1995, God saved me. I believed on his son. And God changed my life. Am I perfect? Far from it. But I, am I being changed from glory to glory? I believe so. Because I have the glory of God living inside of me by his Holy Spirit. We're to love Jesus, to believe in him, and we're to love one another. Allow God's love to work in you. May there be an evidence of love working in you.
And if you're here today and you're not born of God's Holy Spirit, today's the day. Come to the Lord. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And you too can be saved. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Listening to Glory to Glory with Pastor Joe Pettick, an outreach of Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. If you would like to enter into a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, call now at 714-788-8221. That's 714-788-8221. We'd like to extend an invitation to visit us here at Calvary Chapel of the Harbor. Our address is 16450 Pacific Coast Highway in Huntington Beach, California, 92649. We're located in Peter's Landing Marina in Huntington Harbor. Our Sunday service times are 10 a.m. and 12 o'clock noon. Our Tuesday evening Bible study begins at 7 p.m. Now, may we continue to go to His throne of mercy as He changes us from glory to glory.